0: Okay, let's pray together. Father, we need you, we need you to come and help us to hear and see and understand. These words can sound so foreign to us and so help us by your Holy Spirit. We thank you for all who have studied this passage and bring light to it through the years that we can learn from it as well. We give you thanks that you've given us wisdom for life You've been doing that week after week after week, so we pray for grace to hear it again today. From the youngest of us to the oldest of us, help us to hear what you have, us to say, have to say to us, that we might live wiser and better and have good lives because of it. Point us to Jesus. This we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. All the children, all the kids, I am so glad that you are here. And I'm glad because this sermon is especially for you, okay? Usually when we preach, what can happen is all the adults listen and we hope the kids are paying attention. And if they get something out of it, great. But this week, I am speaking so that you will listen. And if the adults pay attention and they get something out of it, great. This sermon is especially for you. And the reason I know this sermon is for you is because you are some of the people that God had in mind When he had Solomon write this passage, the passage that Mr. Jake just read for us, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, all the way to chapter 12, verses 8. Now, how do I know that? I want to show you. So grab your Bible, parents, you can help them find it, or adults, you can look too. This is on page 559, and this is Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 7, to chapter 12, verse 8. How do I know that you are especially some of the people that God had in mind when he had this passage written? I know that because you can look at verse 9. You'll see it on your page. You'll see it on the screen behind me as well. Here's what it'll say. Verse 9 says, Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Do you see the words that are highlighted and underlined there? Rejoice, O who? O young man. In what? In your youth. And let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. There it is. Young man, youth, youth. You're going to see that again in verse 10. You'll see that again in chapter 12, verse 1. 12, verse 1 will say, remember also your creator in the days of your youth. And so you're going to see that throughout this passage, all the way from eleven seven, all the way to twelve eight, he has young people in mind. He has everyone in mind, but especially young people in mind. And so God, in this passage, has something to tell everyone, but especially to those who are young. So that means me, for example. right? I know that to you, I can look like an old man, but I'm not. I have a head full of black hair, right? Maybe not full back here, but black nonetheless. I'm young, as are lots of the people around you. Lots of the people in this church are 45 and 40 and 35 and 30, they're in their 20s and their teens and their children. And so they are especially those who God has in mind in this passage, and especially so for you who are children. And so in this passage, God has two things for us to hear. Here it is. Don't miss this. Two things for us to hear. He wants you to hear that we should remember God and rejoice in life, especially while you're young. Hear that again. Remember God and rejoice in life, especially while you're young. I don't want you to forget that. So on Tuesday, if I walked up to Hannah or Gracie and I said, hey, what was the sermon about? Hannah and Gracie would tell me, oh, that was when you told us that we have to remember God and rejoice in life, especially while we're young. If I went to Jalen or or Nyla, it would be the same exact thing. Or Kayla, they would tell me, oh, on Thursday, that was, we should remember God and rejoice in life, especially while we're young. And if I went to the adults who would be sleeping on me otherwise, they would tell me also, remember God and rejoice in life, especially while you're young. Let's look at how this happens in the passage. We'll start at verse 7. 11 verse 7 says this. Light is sweet, and it is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. But let him remember that the days of darkness will be many. All that comes is vanity. Now that's a lot of words, but here's what it's saying. It's basically saying it's really good to be alive. It's good to be alive when you can see the light on your face, and you can see the pleasantness of the sun. When you die, they put you under the ground. They bury you and you cannot see the sun or enjoy the light. And so this time that you have above ground where you can see the pleasantness of light and the sun can shine on your face, that is good. He's basically just saying it's really good to be alive. Life is a gift. Every day God gives you is a gift from God. And then he says, so if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. So Life is a gift. Every day from God is a gift. And if God gives you a lot of those days, if God gives you a long life, then you should rejoice in all of them. So, for example, something we do every single year here is we sing happy birthday to Miss Laura, right? And if the Lord allows in two Sundays, we will sing happy birthday to her again because on January 1st, Miss Laura, Lord willing, will turn ninety-one. And when she turns 91, what do we do? We celebrate and we sing that God has given her many years and many days. And we rejoice in them all. And so we'll sing happy birthday to her. Last year when she turned 90, her children threw her a party and we ate birthday cake. And we sang and we rejoiced in all the days God gave her. And Miss Laura rejoices in all the days God gives her. I know that because Miss Laura eats ice cream every single day. That's what she told me. That's the secret. She eats ice cream, she told me, sometimes twice a day. She's got a carton all the time, vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry in her her freezer twice a day. And if God lets you live to 91, you too can have ice cream twice a day, right? We rejoice in all the years God's given to her. And so the Bible says long life is a gift from God. If God gives you many years, it's a gift from him. And even when we're old and our bodies weaken, we can still love the Lord, the scripture says. Psalm 92 will say, even when we're old, we can be like a tree that's young and green and bearing fruit and full of sap. That's what we want to be, even in our old age. And that's why Leviticus has this verse, you don't have to turn to it, in 19 it'll say, Stand up in the presence of the aged. Respect the elderly, for I am the Lord your God. Because if God gifts a person with long life, that is a gift from God that should be honored. So, if God lets some of you that are eight live all the way to 80, and if God lets some of you that are nine live all the way to 90, and some of you that are 10 live all the way to 100, then you should rejoice in all those days. But then Solomon says, If God gives you long life, rejoice in all those days. But look at what he says in verse 8 remember, that the days of darkness will be many. He's saying what? If you do live long and get old, then all those days won't be bright and sunny. It won't feel like the sun is shining on your face all those days. In fact, the longer you live, and especially the older you get, the darker the days will seem. You may not know this as children yet, but all the adults around you can tell you. You don't know how easy life is when you're young and how much harder it gets when you get older. The older you get, the harder life gets. So this passage is saying, and it's saying it to 10-year-olds, and it's saying it to 20-year-olds, it's saying it to 30-year-olds, and it's saying it to 40-year-olds. It's saying to us, life is going to get harder as you get older. The older you get, the harder life gets. And so... God says there's something you should do. Before you get older and before life gets harder, there's something you should do right now. And here's what he's going to say. And actually, I want you to hear, especially to the children, you are actually very good at what he says you should do. In fact, I want to say you are actually much better at it than the adults are in what God says you should do. He says before you get older and life gets harder, you know what you should do? You should have a lot of fun. You should rejoice in life while you're young. Do you hear that? God's advice to you, God's instruction to you is, you should have a lot of fun while you're young. Here's what he says, verse 9. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes. I'll stop there. He says... Have fun while you're young. You think of this. You think of this. God has made this world with trees to climb and oceans to swim. He's made it with beaches full of sand to build castles out of. He's made it with fields to run in and roads to ride your bike down. He has given you snow to make snowballs out of and to throw at cars and adults like Josiah and Hannah and Asha were doing in the parking lot last Sunday. This is the good things that God has given you to do. He has given you a world full of things. And so while you're young, here's what would please God. With you, with a full heart of thankfulness to God, for you to read fun books and you to listen to good music, and you to dance silly at home. What you should do when you're young is you should play tag, and you should laugh with your friends, and you should play sports. You should bake with your parents. You should eat warm chocolate chip cookies with cold ice milk, and your heart should be glad in it. You should delight in all that God has given you. You should do all the good things God has given you. You should do good things like watch the Eagles game this afternoon. These are holy good things that God has given you to do. And you should do them with all your might because your God, hear me, not just your parents' God, but your God has filled this world and filled this life with so many good things for you to enjoy. And that's true for the 10-year-old and the 20-year-old and the 30-year-old and the 40-year-old. Rejoice in life, especially while you're young. And with your heart set to rejoice with your eyes ready to indulge in all the delights your eyes, and go for all that pleases your heart, you're also, he says, to remember God. That as you set about your life to rejoice in life and enjoy all that God has given you, remember God. For instance, remember that God is your judge, and that one day you will stand before him when life is done. And so to remind you of the kind of joy you should go after, He says this in 9, the second part. Look at the second part of verse 9. It says, but know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. Now, here's what that verse can feel like. Are you listening? It can feel like it's saying, sure, go ahead and have fun. Follow your heart. Do whatever your eye says. But watch out, because God's going to get you. Right? Go, follow your heart and do whatever your eyes want, but... You will stand before God who will judge you for all these things. It can feel like God is out to get us as soon as we're about to have fun. And yet I want you to hear the reason the Bible is saying this is because the Bible knows that whether we are young or we are old, we will pursue things, go after things that seem like fun in the moment but will leave us with great regret. And so God is telling us he has given us rules and commandments for life, And these rules and commandments for life are not to steal our fun. Would you hear this? Whether you're a child or you're an adult, we don't like rules. Adults don't like rules. We don't like commandments. When we think that God has given us commandments, we think that he has restricted our life and narrowed our joy, that he's out to rob us of everything our hearts want to do and our eyes set after. And children don't like rules. So you don't like when mom or dad says, it's time to come in or to turn off the TV, or it's time for bed, or eat your vegetables. Those rules feel like they are narrowing your life. And yet I want you to hear, God has given commandments not to rob you of joy, but to lead you into a life that is truly full of joy. I'll give you an example. Say we're playing basketball. If you like playing basketball, right? Some of you are on a team. Some of you adults would play basketball. If you like playing basketball, say we're out playing basketball, and all of a sudden, I pick up the ball, and I don't dribble it anymore. I just run from one side of the court all the way to the other, and then I shoot the basket, and then I laugh, and I rejoice that I got it in, and then say, instead of passing it like this, I kick it like in a soccer game, and then say, when you have the ball, I come and tackle you like we're in football. At some point, you would say to me what? You would say, stop, you're not allowed to do that. That, That's not how you play basketball. Those aren't the rules of basketball. And if I said back to you, well, rules ruin the fun. It's more fun when you can do whatever you want. At some point, you would say to me, whatever you're playing, it's not basketball. Because what? The rules are what make basketball, basketball. In fact, if you love basketball, you will love the rules. You will love that you can dribble and not kick. You will love that you can pass and not tackle. In fact, the rules is what helps basketball be basketball. And if you truly love life, the Bible would say to you, then you will love God's rules. In fact, this is why the Psalms will say things like, I love your law, O Lord, and I meditate on it day and night. This is why the Psalms will say things like, I love your commandments more than gold because the ways that God has set are not to narrow and destroy or rob fun, but to lead you into a life that is truly joyful, one which you will not wake up with great regret. The adults around you could tell you, we wish we had heard this better when we were young. We wish we had remembered God while we were young, because there are so many things in so many parts of our life that we look back on with great regret, that we did not remember God as we set out to rejoice in life. And so, while you are young, God is telling you, remember God and rejoice in life, especially while you're young. Are you hearing his message? To make sure you don't miss it, he says it one more different way in verse 10. Look at what he says in verse 10. He says, remove vexation from your heart. That means stress or worry. Remove that from your heart and put away pain from your body for youth and the dawn of life are vanity. Hear what he says? Remove all of this from your life because, why? Youth and the dawn of life, meaning when you're young, is vanity. Here's what he's saying. He's saying one of the reasons why you should rejoice in life, especially while you're young, is because being young goes away fast. You may not know that right now, but being young goes away like that. It'll be gone before you know it. When you're young, at least it was this way for me, you almost can't wait till you get older. So, when you are in elementary school, you can't wait to be older and in middle school. And then when you are in middle school, you can't wait to be in high school. And when you are in high school, you can't wait to be in college. And you can't wait to turn 18 and you can't wait to get a car. And then you can't wait to get married and then you can't wait to have children. And then when you have children, you can't wait till you retire and, and the good life is always somewhere in front of you, always ahead of you. It is never here in this moment. And so, the preacher is saying don't be in a rush. Don't be in a rush imagining that there is some better day out there. This is the moment God's given you. And before you know it, it'll be gone like that. And so rejoice, especially while you're young, because it'll be gone before you know it. If you ask any of the adults in the room, they will tell you, it feels like yesterday when we were children. It feels like yesterday when I was climbing trees and when I was riding a bike down the road. It feels like yesterday when we were children, and it goes by like that. It it goes by as quick as you can imagine. I remember when I was a kid, I remember that my parents would get sitting around with all their friends. They were adults. And I remember watching them all the time. All these adults would come into the house, and they would just sit around and talk. And I remember thinking as a kid, these adults could do anything they want. There's no one to tell them not to go outside or to go play basketball or to play football. There's no one to say that they can't do anything they want. And they just sit around and talk. And I remember thinking to myself as a kid, when I become an adult, I am not doing that. Can I tell you, when I get together with adults, we just sit around and talk. I I don't know how it happened, but I turned into the adult that I was looking at when I was a kid. And before you know it, I'm sitting there, and the best thing I can imagine is just sitting with some friends and talking. And in fact, when I watch you children run with great energy, you run for eight hours, and you don't stop, even when it's 11 o'clock. Just watching you, we adults get tired, right? When you're an adult, the most fun thing in the world is a nap. If someone could give an adult a nap, they'd be in heaven. Because before you know it, your youth is gone, right? That's what he says. In fact, in this verse... You hear a word that Ecclesiastes has been saying a lot of times. It says, because youth and the dawn of life is vanity. You know what that word vanity means? Throughout Ecclesiastes, he said it many times. Vanity of vanities. Life is vanity. Vanity is this word that means smoke. It's like smoke. I'll give you an example. You know what his point would be here? Watch. His point would be, there's youth. There's being young. And it brightly flickers for a moment, and then it's gone. And say I try to catch that smoke, and I try to hold on to it, and I say, I'm going to put it in my pocket, and I'm going to keep it. It's gone. There it is. Nowhere to be seen. That's what being young is like. Before you know it, it's gone. And so the preacher is saying, rejoice in God And remember God and rejoice in life, especially while you are young, because before you know it, it'll be gone. Rejoice in life. But remember, he says, not only rejoice in life, but remember God. Remember God, right? That's what he says. Look at 12 verse 1. He says, remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Hear what he says? Rejoice in life, because your youth will go before you know it. But especially also remember your creator while you are young, in the days of your youth, before the evil days come. Before the days come, of which you say, I have no pleasure in them. Here's what he's saying. He says, remember God. Remember. Remember who God is. He's your creator who made you. He's your redeemer. Throughout the Bible, God will tell his people, remember Remember, I'm the one that led you out of Egypt when you were slaves. Remember, I'm the one that passed over you and spared your life. Remember, I'm the one that brought you into the promised land. Remember, I'm the one who gave everything for you. Even Jesus on the night when he was about to die said, remember, do this from now on in remembrance of me. You are always to remember. And remember doesn't just mean I forgot about God and now I remembered him again. It's that you keep God here, in here. You remember Jesus and who he is and what he's done in every part of your life. That there's no part of your life where you forget the Lord your God. And so remember God in every part of your life. And he says, remember him especially before it's too late. Before it's too late. You know why? Because the years are coming where life will get harder. Remember what he said? The older you get, the harder life gets. And then in the next few verses, he's going to tell you that. He's going to tell you that when you grow older, the body won't work like it once did. You'll find out when you get older, you will die for a nap, just like us, right? You'll find out that the body doesn't work like it, does, it used to. You'll find out that your mind doesn't work like it used to. I remember talking to Miss Laura in the parking lot. And Miss Laura was telling me how her mind, she feels like, is going and she can't remember things like she once did. And I was trying to be nice to Miss Laura. And so I said to Miss Laura, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I, rem- I know, too. I forget things all the time. And she looked at me and she said, no, you don't. You don't know what I'm talking about. And then she said, but you will. Right? <laughs> but you will. Right? When you get older, life gets harder. Your body doesn't work. Your mind doesn't work. And the days are coming when all your pleasure will seem much less than they are now in your youth. And so he's saying here, remember God and rejoice in life before it's too late. Before it's too late. Let me read you this last section that he says. This is verses two to seven. Remember your Creator. They are afraid also of what is high and the terrors on the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along and desire fails because man is going to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets before the silver cord is snapped or the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern and the dust returns to the earth as it was. The spirit returns to God who gave it. Now, that's a long section with a lot of pictures, but here's what he's saying. And you can imagine this. Us adults have a hard time. We scratch our heads at this passage. So if you can understand this as children, you will be far ahead of where we were. Here's what he's basically saying. He's giving you a poem about getting older, giving you a poem about getting older, even all the way up until dying. And what he's doing is he's saying, this is what it's like to grow old. Some have said, and they don't know exactly how to translate this passage, but some have said, maybe this is a poem picturing sort of a great house that's falling apart, and decay is coming, and everything is falling apart. Everything is coming undone. And that's like a picture of what it is to grow old. So some have said, for example, the keepers of the house are like your guards, like your hands. And now what do they do? They that guarded you now start to tremble. The strong men are like legs that now are bent. The grinders, some say, are now ceasing to grind. They're like your teeth, because the older you get, they are less, they fall out. The picture is like windows that are now what you used to look out are dimmed and you can barely see anymore, like eyes that lose their sight. The doors are shut and the sound is low, like ears that now in old age cannot hear. Now you rise at the sound of a small bird, like an old person that can't sleep very well, and the smallest sound wakes you up, and you rise very early. So if you want an appointment with an old person, schedule it for four in the morning, right? Because that's when older people will wake up. This is the way life will become, he says. Or he goes on to say, now they're afraid of heights. Or he gives these pictures like an almond tree that blossoms. In Israel, it used to be that almond trees would turn white when they blossom like the hair of an older person, some would say, and, and so on it goes, like a grasshopper that once this insect had some spring in its step, and now this grasshopper is dragging itself along. This is the picture that Solomon has. Now, whatever it is exactly, whether it's these different parts of our body that break down, whatever it is, the poem is a picture of life slowing down, of that which was made being unmade. That which was created almost being decreated. That which was marvelous, your body is breaking down. This is the picture. All the way until six verse, uh, verses 6 and 7. And here you hear, before the silver cord is snapped, the golden bowl is broken. Whatever the pictures are there, you picture almost a bowl that's being suspended by a silver string. Precious golden bowl, precious silver string, precious life. And now it's snapped. And the bowl falls. And that which was in it breaks and bursts and it's gone. Say it was a a lamp holding oil and lit. Now it falls to the ground and the oil spills out and the light snuffed away. And the pitcher is shattered. That which was inside it is gone. It's seeped out and it can't be gathered back anymore. The wheel is broken. The the cistern is shattered. This is the picture. Do you hear the words? Snapped, broken, shattered, done. This is what happens. Whether you are young or old, this is what life comes to. All the way until verse 7 says, and the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. And so Solomon, hear this. Even though we adults think that you children should never even hear about death, Solomon thinks it is wise for young people to know all of us will die. And you too who are young in a moment will be older. And us who are older will be older still. And before we know it, death is coming for us all. So here's his point. Remember God and rejoice in life before it's too late remember God and rejoice in life before it's too late and he ends in verse 8 this way vanity of vanities says the preacher all is vanity isn't that something he ends the same way he began we began Ecclesiastes 1 Verse 1 and 2, the preacher says, Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. And 11 chapters later, 12 chapters later, he ends the same exact way, saying, Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Hevel of hevels, it's all hevel. Smoke, smoke, it's all smoke. You hear his point? His point is, there it is. Not just youth, but life itself burns brightly for a moment, and then it's gone. And that's it. That's your entire story. That's my entire story. And so since it's gone like that, remember God and rejoice in life, especially while you are young. If you're here and you've listened and you're not a child, maybe here's where you'd go, what if I've wasted my youth? I look over my shoulder and I did not remember God. And I look at my life now and and I'm too far past being youth. What happens if I wasted those years? Well, the, the message of Ecclesiastes would be today. Today is the day then to remember God and rejoice in life before it's too late. This is the mercy of God. He is willing to forgive a lifetime of forgetting him. You were supposed to remember him from your youth, and yet he is merciful enough today to forgive a lifetime of forgetting him, a lifetime of forgetting his commandments. Today could be the day where you turn. There's enough mercy in God to cover over years and years of squandered living. And so today, before it's too late, remember God. Remember your creator. Remember your judge. Remember Jesus and who he is and what he's done. Remember and rejoice in whatever life God gives you. Let me end by saying this. Ecclesiastes' message throughout has been, life is a breath, life is smoke, it's here and then it's gone. And Ecclesiastes' message has been, all will die. And hearing that can be sad, whether you are young or old. Hearing that can be scary, whether you are young or old. But here is the greatest news in all the world. This is what we call the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And the good news that Ecclesiastes would join us in shouting is that for we who know Jesus, death is not the end for us. For we who know Jesus, death came into this world because of sin. But Jesus came into this world to undo sin. And Jesus was punished and died for sin. In fact, this is what Solomon never knew. Would you imagine this? When Solomon was writing Ecclesiastes 11, he never knew that God was going to come into the world. He never knew that God was going to go through life. And he never knew that the life of Jesus would be snapped like a silver string. He never knew that the life of Jesus would fall like a golden bowl and be broken. He never knew that the wheel would be shattered or the pitchers broken for the life of God in the flesh. And he also didn't know that when Jesus died, Jesus would rise again. And so now death can't end us, whether you are young or old. In fact, if you're a Christian, would you just hear this as good news again? Would you remember it as you mourn over lost loved ones, as you think about your own life? Would you remember again the good news that death does not end us. What other hope do we have? If life is a vapor and it's gone before you know it, what other hope do we have other than death won't end us? In fact, the Bible will say, where, oh death, is your sting? You think of that. You children, you imagine if there's a bee buzzing by you. When there's a bee, what do you do? You run as far as you can because a bee scares you to death. But Christians, the Bible says, can look at death like a, a bee that has no stinger anymore. If there's a bee with no stinger, now it's like a mosquito. You don't run from a mosquito. You swat at a mosquito. You're not terrified by a mosquito. And now Jesus has removed the sting of death. Where, oh death, is your sting? It's removed. It's gone. Now it's a nuisance. But through Jesus, we swat it away and it leads us into the life Forever. We are not terrified by death anymore because death is not the end because it wasn't for Jesus. This is the good news of Christmas, too. This is why we sing songs. Let me just read you one line of a carol we'll sing. We sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel. We sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Thou, o come, thou day spring come. We sing, Our spirits by thine advent here come and cheer. And then we sing, Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. And then we sing, rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come again to us, God's Israel. So here's what God wants you to hear. Remember God and rejoice in life before it's too late, especially while you are young. Let's pray together. Father, we pray the words of Psalm 71 over every person in this room, young and old. We pray that we would be able to say our children, since my youth, God, you have taught me. And to this day, I declare your marvelous deeds. And that all of us would be able to say, even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. This we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.